It's time for Love Talk with the Love Ladies, Kathy, Carrie, and Evelyn. This is Evelyn, and I'm in the, we are in the studio today having a wonderful time visiting and getting to uh, mend some things. And uh, my ability to be here is just um, a, a miracle in itself. And so I want us to really uh, do good today. <laughs> <laughs> well, we prayed and before we started. We have trouble doing that. Mr. Van Davison has joined us, and sweetheart, we're glad you're here and you'll Thank behave you, yourself. You, good to be here. Uh-huh. <laughs> Very seldom I get to associate with three good-looking women. Ooh, boy! So well. sweet. Well, it is great to be in studio with you, Miss Evelyn. That was the First Lady of Love, Miss Evelyn Davison, opening the program Love Talk today, friends. And I am Coach Carrie Brinkgater. And in studio with us today, we also have the beautiful and wonder-filled Kathy Underbrock. Hey, Kathy. Well, any day spent with the three of y'all is a fantastic day in my book. And I'm just, I'm excited about what we have to discuss today, but I'm more excited just about being together with each of you. Absolutely, right? Now, Kathy, you've had... An absolutely big week. We'll get to that in just a minute. I just want to welcome again our listeners to KTXW, The Bridge, Austin, Central Texas Christian Talk, where we are building bridges of love and leadership here. At the end of October, it's crazy. And, Kathy, you've had an amazing couple of weeks. You you brought your family down here, your baby girl, Faithy, to visit a bunch of colleges. I know. I can't believe it. You know, when she turned 16, I thought, well, that's not that old. You know, a teenager, 16. But she's about to turn 17, and I am absolutely losing my mind. I cannot (laughs) believe that my baby is 17. And, well, you know, we used to, well, she grew up in Texas, so, of course, she needs to go to a Texas Mm -hmm. school. And so we have spent this last week going to all the Texas universities, and it has been a whirlwind of a week. We have gotten... Uh, Very little sleep, so early mornings with tours that begin at 8.30 a.m. and uh, sometimes fighting Dallas traffic to get where we need to go. Um, And we went down to College Station, down to A&M, of course. Mm -hmm. We've kind of visited all the greats, Baylor, UT, A&M. We did check out TCU and just had a fantastic time. And for the first time, she's actually getting excited about going to college. Oh, yeah. Hey. Well, I hope well, she's does, good is she considering uh, Waco? <laughs> oh, yes. she's Well, especially because big sister, Aaliyah, is going to Baylor. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, we thought for Faithy she'd want to do something all her own, her own thing. And mm-hmm. so Faithy's like, why? I'm happy to go where my big sister's Aww. going. I'm like, oh, I love that. That's so <laughs> Boy, good. You- that yeah, was dollar bill <laughs> well i I would love that because that would mean more trips to Texas for you, which would be fantastic oh, yes. absolutely fantastic we you know miss Evelyn Kathy, as you talk about Faithy about to be seventeen today actually is my daughter's eighteenth birthday oh. I just can't even believe it I can't even get over it I just you know, but I tell you what God is so faithful over the past few months. I've just seen these times where I just step back and I go, oh, Lord, you are just doing incredible work in her life. I look at her leadership skills, and I I look at just everything she's been through, and I'm so very proud mm-hmm. of her. I see these adult moments, and I just it just makes my heart so happy and so proud, and I think, How'd you get so big? <laughs> you know, um, so it's just it's it's really fun, and I'm excited about the journey. And we are going skydiving for her uh, birthday. Woo. Woo. She woo. wants to go skydiving, and mm-hmm. I have always had that on my bucket list. And my husband told me you may not do that until the kids are grown. You may not. <laughs> and She's so do it. I think. I think 18 is grown enough. 18 so, is grown um, enough. I, I, yeah, so we're going to do that. I'm nervous. I hope I don't throw up all over the place. 
<laughs> well, I, I don't know. Be great, Miss Evelyn. You're 90 years old. What do you think? You want to go strap on a? Yeah, you a, a no, I'll let Van handle it. <laughs> <laughs> Not me. Oh. Well, um, so fun, Miss Evelyn. It's great to have you in studio. Uh, you said something earlier, and I, I said, "Well, this, you're exactly where you need to be, right here in this in your chair next to me in studio." So, so great to have you. You know, Kathy, as we're talking about Miss Evelyn being 90 years old and your baby about to turn 17, my yeah. oldest turning 18 today. Um, I over the past few months, as the kids started school and sports, and you know, just navigating relationships and the whole junior year and senior year, and it's you know, it's a lot. It's a lot. I I started pondering the word success hmm. because we always all of us experience worldly success. Mm-hmm. We all experience that at some point in it's our just, lives. Right? Experience just to be alive. Right, Miss Evelyn. You know, we all experience that. Now, you know, a whole different conversation is when we talk about what success means in light of Scripture, right? And how, um, you know, there's godly success and there's worldly success. But we all experience worldly success, right? Van, you were a very successful real estate broker for many, many years, right? Kathy, all kinds of success in your life, not only with your job, when you were in Australia and then coming back to the States, but raising three beautiful, amazing daughters and um, your relationship with your husband, right? We, we have, we have worldly success. And so as I started pondering that, I started thinking, you know, how we react to that success is what kind of defines us. And Then even further, I started thinking, you know, the devil really, the Satan enemy, the enemy, he wants to wreck our success. He has a plan for our success, and it's to wreck it. And there's two groups, I think, that you can fall in. Group one would be you have some kind of success, and then you start to think, oh, no, can I do this again? Can I stay on top? Can I, I, no, I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I don't know if I can sustain this, right? The doubt comes yeah. in, right? Because the enemy wants to come well, in. Well, you have that when you're, uh, <laughs> you have that when you're uh, at the radio listening or something that'll make sense to you when you get to be old. <laughs> you watch that water. You watch, uh, we, our house was, uh, I guess, about three months ago. We had a fire in the house. No, 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 no. Well, you had what, you had some. What happened water. was we had a a plumber that wasn't but, yeah. uh, trained that poked a hole in one of the drain pipes, and we got water in our walls. Yeah, mm. and uh, had to be cut. The sheetrock had to be cut back about four foot tall, and uh, to get all that uh, wetness out. And uh, luckily, we had a son that did that kind of business. And, and uh, he did a really good job and yeah. worked around the clock on it. Well, and Miss Evelyn, I mean, I think about all the success that you have had. I mean, with speaking and writing and, and the books that you've penned and uh, being uh, recognized at a White House prayer breakfast as uh, and awarded the honorary title of America's Honorary Prayer Coordinator. And I just look at how you've handled that success. And I, I think, Carrie, you're right. When we have success... We we do kind of fall into two camps. We mm-hmm. can start doubting ourselves and like, oh, I want to sustain this, but I'm not really able. Mm-hmm. I don't even. I'm not quite sure. I, I've got. I've gotten there, and the enemy wants us to mm-hmm. doubt ourselves. Mm-hmm. But then there's this other side of success, Carrie, and I. I you can see what you think of this. I'm going to bounce this off. Is where you just get so big and puffed up, mm-hmm. and you think, oh yeah, it's all about me. Oh yeah, I am that good. Oh yeah, I'm the one who's gotten myself Mm -hmm. where I am Mm -hmm. and uh you just get this big head and the enemy I think he loves both he loves that prideful approach but he loves that self-doubt too and I've never seen that with you Miss Evelyn with Mm -hmm. all of your success I've never seen a puffed up spirit but I've never seen you doubt yourself either well you know it's um it's changed at this point in life for me because um you know I'm 90 years old and my memory is not as good as it was, and uh, just like 
needing a correction as to it was water instead of a fire. <laughs> uh, you know, you, when you get to a point in life when it's a master change, then it's exciting to just sit back and, and do what it is that needs to be done and to to pray and to get with some people that pray with you. It's mm. it's one of the things that's most most um, tied to everyday living, I think, than anything that if we do that. Mm. We, in fact, Van uh, had an experience with a major uh, heart, a major um, pastor in the city, mm-hmm. and uh, he preached a sermon on my life. Wow. That, honey, was that right? I'm sorry, you lost me. Oh, I think you were an example. I think he used you as an example in his sermon. Mm-hmm. And you know, Miss Evelyn, what what makes me so happy to sit back and listen to you is that you know the words that just came out of your mouth. You said things change, mm-hmm. but it's so exciting. And then mm-hmm. you continued. You know, um, and I think that's the way it is with our success. And as we talk about success today and we talk about where we fit in these two groups, right, whether we're filled with doubt about how to proceed and how to move forward and how to sustain the success or whether the devil comes in and says, oh, yeah, you're all that, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and and how to wrap this all around Scripture and what success looks like under the guise of Scripture. Let's go ahead and look at some key verses for today. James 1. I love James. Oh, man. James hits me square between the eyeballs every time I read it. (laughs) James 1, verse 17. Every good gift and perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. You know, goes right back to that success, Miss Evelyn. Every good and perfect gift is from above. Also, Matthew 7, verse 11. If you then, being evil, Uh know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him? He gives us all gifts, and it's up to us how we use those talents and abilities. And then Romans 12. Verse 6 says, in his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. Now, that one really hit home, hits home with me, Carrie, because I think that we tend to compare ourselves to others. And we tend to maybe covet gifts that mm-hmm. others have. And I think sometimes we're so blind to our own gifts because our eyes are just so lusting after the gifts of others. Mm-hmm. And and I love that verse because it says God has given us different gifts for doing certain things. He didn't, the, the verse doesn't say he's given just a few different gifts. He has given all of us different gifts for doing certain things well. So this is what I will tell I tell myself and I tell all of our listeners today, God has given you a gift for doing something well. There is something that each of us is able to do well. And so we can take our eyes off others and we can put our eyes on God and we can ask him to show us what it is that that gift, that talent that he has given us to do to do well in, to succeed in, and to glorify him using those gifts that he's given us. Well, and I think if we, when we embrace those gifts that he's given us, then we really start to flourish, right? Mm-hmm. When we embrace those gifts, when we start to go, okay, Lord, you gave me this big old voice. Like, I cannot hide this big old voice. What am I supposed to use it for to glorify you, right? And so then you start to really... Get into your groove and your niche. You know, Miss Evelyn, you had no uh, idea that the Lord was preparing you for 36 plus years in radio when your dad had a little radio station there in <laughs> yeah. East Texas. You know, you said, I don't like this, Lord. I don't I don't like this at all because you didn't kind of like the atmosphere that kind of mm-hmm. surrounded that. But you have used that talent to glorify God um, over these last, again, 36 plus years. Oh, Miss Evelyn, I can't even believe it. Friends, when we return to Love Talk, 
we're going we're gonna to continue to discuss this success and how we handle our worldly success and give all the glory back to the Father because mm-hmm. the enemy wants to come in and he wants to wreck it. He wants to wreck it in ways that do not glorify God. We're going to look at that. I want you to think about when we go to break, where do you fit? Where do you fit in this success-filled world? When we come back to Love Talk right after this. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Love Talk. This is the Love Ladies. You have found us. We are the Love Ladies. I am Coach Carrie Brinkater. I'm in studio with the First Lady of Love, Mrs. Evelyn Davison, and the beautiful Kathy Indebrock as well. So glad to be in studio with all of us. It's always a great time. Now, Kathy, I would be so remiss if I did not go back a little bit. We need to discuss your new book. I'm just so proud of you. You have them in hand now. Uh, My Voice, His Heart. You have spent the last 18 plus months pouring over this, and I'm just so proud of you. Tell our listening audience about My Voice, His Heart. Well, I'm so glad it's done. Probably not half as glad as my husband is. (laughs) (laughs) But it has been, I mean, it's it's been... uh, just an incredible adventure, and it's a it's a book that is written to teach uh, women how to pray, and not just teaching them about prayer, um, not just teaching mm-hmm. them principles, not just teaching them about what the Bible says, but teaching them how to pray by having them start praying with their own voice and their own words. And I, you know, I think we've gotten to this point where. Either we're not praying or we're picking up a devotional and praying someone else's words. Mm -hmm. And, you know, God wants to hear our voice at his throne. And, I mean, I I know that he just loves it when we sing words of worship to him. But he delights in our Mm -hmm. prayers. The word says it's like incense, you know. It's like, (laughs) now have you ever, like, I love it every time I I give a hug to Miss Evelyn. She smells so good. (laughs) Miss Evelyn always smells so good. But her words are even sweeter. Mm. I love her voice. And, you know, people that have been with her for 36 years, tuning in every week to Love Talk, Mm. they love your voice. They love Mm -hmm. to hear your words of encouragement. They love how you just reach out to them in a genuine way. Mm -hmm. And I tell you, God loves to hear our voice at his throne. And so this book, My Voice, His Heart, Experiencing Prayer in God's Will, is that is what it does. It, it teaches us how to use our voice at his throne. It's a six, I call it a six weeks, a six week journey with a personal prayer coach. Because that's the way the the approach that I take is, hey, give me 10 to 15 minutes every day. I'm going to walk through this with you and you're going to, you're going to improve. You know, you're going to, I, I want, I don't want to say you're going to improve your game. <laughs> <because> <laughs> prayer isn't a game. It, it, it's for real. And, and I love our program today that the enemy has a plan for your success. The enemy has a plan for your prayer life. Okay. And he, he wants to wreck your prayer life. Well, let me ask you this, Kathy. I mean, as you were pointing over this book for 18 months, and we're talking about success today, right? Did you ever have a time where you where you doubted that you were going to finish, that you doubted it was going to be something people would read and pick up? Like, did you ever have a time where the enemy came in and tried to wreck your success? Oh, 100%. I mean, all, all <laughs> Every day, the way. <laughs> and, and I tell you, there was a time when after the first six months, I just thought, oh, yeah, I can't do this. Because I, I've written so many training manuals, and I've written chapters in books. And so when I was asked to do this uh, by the ladies at um, Universal City in San Antonio, I thought, I said, yeah, I can do that. And I thought it would take me about six months to do. And mm-hmm. I thought, oh, it would be maybe about, you know, somewhere sub 100 pages. And so I would I would start writing. And sometimes I would be, I would start to write and think, I just, I don't know what to write. And I thought, okay, I just need to write what I know. What I know, what I've experienced, what God has shown me, that's what I'm going to write. And then I took it from the coach's perspective with all the training manuals I've written to put in exercises there as if I were standing in front of someone, you know, training them and coaching them through something. 
And so six months in, I had I had gone past 100 pages, and I was only halfway done. Oh. And I just started thinking it was pressing up too much into my family life. And, I, you know, there were so many activities with the kids. And I just, you know, I called my mom, and I said, I, I think maybe this is not for me to write, and I can't do it. And she's like, she told me, oh, yeah, you're doing this. Oh. And my husband said, you have just spent the last six months. You're going to finish this thing. And God has just held my hand each and every step of the way, and he's been so faithful. And um, so, you know, I've told my husband, I said, well, you know, if not a single person buys it, I'll give it as a gift to each of the girls for Christmas. <laughs> but it's so funny. Whoa, whoa. We've, um, we, so, I mean, there's definitely been that, that doubt there. But my publisher called me. She's like, well, she's like, I, I can't believe you've already, you've already sold books. Have you already started advertising? And I said, well, no, not much. And she says, well, I already have to write you a check for the, uh, what do they call it? The royalties. And I'm like, really? So, I mean, all of that just goes right back to the ministry. You know, we're not keeping any of the money for ourselves. It's all going back to Let's Pray Today Ministries. But um, it was so encouraging that people had already gotten on Amazon and Mm -hmm. started to purchase the book. And so I'm really excited about it. And I'm looking forward to flying out to Women's Ministries. if you would like to, if you're listening to this and you're involved in a women's ministry at your church uh, or a community uh, women's Bible study group, and you would like to do this for your spring Bible study, I will fly out to either kick it off or to wrap it up for 10 churches, for the first 10 churches that sign up for it. So I'm looking Wonderful. forward to doing that in the spring. Oh, wow. So proud of you, Kathy. So proud of you. My voice, his heart. You can catch it on Amazon and encourage your women's ministry leaders to check out this wonderful, wonderful prayer guide for women. And I will say, if you want to part purchase just a single copy, go to Amazon. Mm-hmm. But if you want to purchase it for your church, we can go straight to my publisher right. and get a really good discount. And you would just call me at 512-644-7972. Let me know about your your uh, church and uh, and we can talk through it and we can get an order put in at a, at a a very deeply discounted price. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, I'm so glad that the enemy didn't come in to wreck your success there, Kathy, and that you had people come along beside you and say, no, girl, you got this. You got that. You can do this. Um, I cannot believe that you were just at a point where you did not want to finish. You are an outstanding author and speaker and you really got it, honey. You got it. Start giving it away. (laughs) See, Miss Evelyn, you're such a great encourager. Now, Miss Evelyn, I know that there's been a time in your life whenever your stuttering um, caused you to doubt whether you could be on the radio or help people out. You were traveling around with Florence Littauer, who was a phenomenal, phenomenal speaker for women and and churches uh, for years and years. And you did a little work with her. And there was a point in time where you thought, oh, no, I, I don't know. Is my Will my stuttering come back? Am I capable? Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that was the devil trying to come in and wreck your success, Miss Evelyn? Well, I think it's more uh, in the opposite direction in that I was doing some of that. Uh-huh. You know, you just begin to doubt, to doubt yourself. Mm-hmm. But I had some really good um, uh, help at that particular time. Good. We lived in a, a million-dollar house on Cat, what was that, Mount? Cat, Cat Mountain. Mountain. And uh, I got sick and uh, had the mastectomies and all that. And I kept saying, you know, and Van had told me, he said, you just, we'll, we will do what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And so I had uh, an experience that just showed me that I was working against the Lord rather mm-hmm. than with him. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, Van told me, he said, I'll take you wherever you want to go. And so a Baylor. Uh, had um, a, 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 I can't, I don't remember what you, what they called it. It, it was one of those, um, uh, you write the book and we'll publish it for you if okay. you do this in here. Mm-hmm. I, I can't remember the name. And so Van told me, he said, you, you, get, you finish it up. And I've still got the, the, 
notes from him <laughs> in case that didn't involve. And, yeah, and, uh, we, you know, we were in that high range of people that, had, you know, lived on the mountain. And didn't I didn't want to, you know, imply to them that their lives weren't what it was. So it, it just came very closely to my just stopping and not doing it. But just like you said, you know. There is a purpose in doubt sometimes mm. when God wants to show you, you are a value to me, mm. and I want you to be a value to others. And so that, you know, it's, uh, I, I used to spend a lot of notes and things. I do that very little now. Because my life has changed and we have grandchildren. <laughs> Great grandchildren. Yeah. Well, uh, Miss Evelyn, I love that. I, I love that so much. You know, you, you just have a way of, of spinning things, always bringing things back to God. And that's exactly what we should do when we're experiencing some type mm-hmm. of success, right? And and the enemy wants to come in and wreck it and tell us we're not good enough. Tell us we're mm-hmm. not smart enough. Tell us, no, don't finish that book. No, you can't. You can't lose 10 pounds, whatever. Like when he comes in and wants to wreck it, mm-hmm. when we turn our eyes back to the Lord, just like you just said, the Lord says, you know what, Miss Evelyn, you know what, Kathy, you are a value to me. And I want you to use that talent and ability to be a value to others and to point them back towards me. I just, I love that so much. You know, this summer, my son experienced this quite a bit. He, um, was on a really elite select basketball team this summer. And there were times when he doubted his ability to be on that team. Now, he tried out for this team. They selected him for this team. So he was good enough to be on this team, right? But he, um, his, his, his strengths are different than some of the other guys. He's not as explosive as some of the other guys, but he has... other amazing things that he does that not a lot of other guys can do. And so, um, you know, he he was really doubting himself, Mm -hmm. Miss Evelyn. And there was this one tournament. We're walking into Dallas, and Dallas always has these crazy um, competitive tournaments. And we're walking in, and his shoulders were kind of slumped over, and his head was down. And I thought, oh, gosh, like he's doubting himself. And as we started walking in to the gym, some guys behind us said, hey, Logan, Logan, <laughs> they're mm-hmm. calling his name. And and we looked back, and it was some guys that we play against that are in our district. And, in fact, these aren't just any old guys. These three guys were on the state championship team that won state for our league. And they're calling Logan's name. But they're our enemy, right? They're our rival. And they're calling Logan's name. And as soon as Logan saw who it was, like his head pops up and he gets that little swagger and his shoulders come back, you know, and it's all the hugs like, hey, Logan, hey, Logan, oh, what team are you playing on? Oh, man, so good to see you. You know, I bet you're crushing it. I bet you're having a great summer, right? It just gave Logan this. This shot in the arm, you know, like, okay. And I just got to thinking, wouldn't, you know, you know, Scripture tells us that when we become believers, we have so much power through the, through the, through the blood of Jesus, right? And the enemy knows that, oh. right? He knows the power that we have through the blood of Jesus. Wouldn't it be a shame if the enemy thought more of our potential than we do you know and as logan walked in that gym i thought the enemy his rivals from the other school thought more of his potential than he did oh friends you know what a travesty miss evelyn well the enemy thinks more of us than we think of ourselves because we've taken our eyes off jesus right well that is true and you know it's salty or it's uh, you know, out the back door with most uh, books and things. One of the things that I did learn, um, and that was to trust Van for uh, support. 
Mm. Oh, yeah. I think you've been doing that for over 60 years, Miss (laughs) Evelyn. (laughs) Well, you know, I think it's really interesting as we've kind of talked through things. There has been that voice that the Lord has brought, you know, Mm. with when you're with um, having a difficult time. Van said, you want to do this. You're going to do this. We're going to we're going to get this done for you. And, you know, for me, my my mom, my husband, Mm -hmm. really great for Logan, these these rivals. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it makes me think of King David and Jonathan, how, you know, he brought how God brought that voice, Jonathan, to really encourage King David when he was having to run away for his for, uh, for his life, even though he knew that God had anointed him king over Israel. And so. I think, you know, it's really important the people that we surround us ourselves with. Are we are we surrounding ourselves with people who are going to help us keep our eyes on God and who are going to be encouraging us with godly advice, with scriptural advice, or are we surrounding ourselves with people who are so in the trenches uh, with the world and so blindsided by the enemy that they can't pour godly advice and encouragement into us. I, Kathy, that is, it's brilliant how you've wrapped all that up in a tidy little bow. And I think, you know, when we look in Colossians, the New Testament is so good about encouraging us to use our talents and abilities to glorify the Lord. And Colossians 3, verse 23 says this, whatever you do, Work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, right? And and when we start taking our eyes off of working for the Lord, that's when these doubts creep in, right? We're working for man. We're, we're, we're trying to please man, trying to please that coach, trying to please others, trying to, you know, get to that next step. But when we work heartily for the Lord, he just reveals himself in such a way and he says, Kathy, you can do this. Logan, you got this, man. Miss Evelyn, you're fine. You got this. And I, I absolutely love that when we keep our eyes on the Lord, um, things tend to fall into place a little bit more <laughs> easily, right? And, you know, I think it's when we recognize where our success has come from. Mm-hmm. Because when we think, oh, yeah, I've achieved this success, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden everything's on you. But when you say, God has achieved this for me. He mm-hmm. has opened these doors. He has given me blessing and favor and ability and skill. Then the burden's not on you to maintain that success. Well, and that's kind of our second group there, Kathy, right? You know, I kind of fall in the first group. I have to admit, you know, when I achieve um, a level of worldly success, I really start to doubt, can I still do this? Um and that's a, a, I'm a work in progress when it comes to that. <laughs> um, but I absolutely know people that are in the second category. And I'm not saying one is, you know, less bad than the other. They're both, both groups. So we take our eyes off the Lord. So the second group of people achieve some type of worldly success, right? And then you get puffed up about it. You start to think, oh, yeah, I got this. I, yes. I, I am queen of the castle, you know, all of this is mine. Um, you know, we have to be very careful with this because the devil wants us to puff up and the Bible is incredibly specific, especially the Old Testament, about arrogance and pride. About 125 references to pride and arrogance in the Old Testament and none of them are good. It's <laughs> basically wrapped around he detests pride. He loathes pride. Lots of verses in Proverbs. I hate pride and arrogance and the evil way and the perverted mouth. Pride goes before destruction mm. and a haughty spirit before stumbling. Haughty looks and a proud heart. These sins mark a wicked man. So we have to really guard our hearts to not be filled with pride and haughtiness. Now, Kathy, have you ever, you had had a phenomenal career before you decided to stay at home and take care of kids. You were a powerful woman in the business world. Were there times, was there ever a time, Kathy, where you found yourself filled with pride and puffed up? 
I, that was, I would say that is the one thing I stumble up against. Everything for me was um, achievement and success and money. And, um, you know, I never had to, because I was, I had such a huge work ethic and God gave me a, a solid mind and I could understand things quickly. And I was very, very adaptable, I think, from growing up in a, a large family. And um, so, yeah, I would say in Australia, I had just, I had had success after success. I, there was never a job I applied for that I didn't get. I would have things offered to me that I hadn't even thought about that were incredible opportunities. And um, yeah, I just thought, well, I am just all that. I am pretty (laughs) darn great. What they need. (laughs) And, you know, and, and, uh, I would say even in my relationship with my husband, it was, it. I'm like, aren't you so lucky to be married to me? Mm. Like, you know, you chose really well, buddy. <laughs> and uh, so God really did a helmet adjustment with me. <laughs> and because he's like, okay, yeah, baby, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to learn about who has achieved your success for you. Mm. And um, so, yeah, I, I went, I, I got to a place in Australia, I was making a very big career transition, and there was a job that, I mean, I just, I thought was mine. I mean, I thought it was in the bag, totally done, and then I didn't get it. And I I, I had no idea how that could possibly be. I mean, it was a shock. And then I kind of blew it off. I was like, eh, oh, you know, I you poor know, kinda, them. Yeah, poor them. You know, you missed out, <laughs> they you chose know. Poorly. Yeah, you chose poorly. <laughs> and so then I went and I applied for another job and I didn't get it. And then I actually got to a place where I had to look for a job. I had never looked for a job. I had had people come and tell me about jobs to go and apply for. Mm. And I would go and, and I would get them. I, I had never scanned the pages or the Internet or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I'd never looked for a job. And I spent six months looking for a job with no offers. And it was so humbling, literally calling my mom in tears and not understanding. And it was a complete helmet adjustment. But it was also one of the things that I needed and my marriage needed because mm-hmm. during that time, Eric had a great job. Mm-hmm. So I was like, aren't I so lucky I'm married to him? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, yeah, I definitely when I think when you get puffed up and you do start to take credit for your success. God will make the correction and, you know, kind of get your eyes where they need to be. You know, as we look at some verses um, for those of us who might struggle with getting puffed up, 1 Corinthians 4, 7 says, Who says you are better than others? What do you have that was not given to you? And if it was given to you, why do you brag as if you did not receive it as a gift? Oh man, that one hits hits right where it hurts. I mean, Miss Evelyn, everything that we have has been graciously given to us by the Lord. It's up to us to realize what those talents and abilities are, and it's up to us to to run with those and to make the best of them. But He has given them to us. You know, it's easy to do that in one way, and it's hard to do it in another way. (laughs) Uh, And, you know, sometimes we don't raise ourselves up to the point that Mm. it would be very a a much better relationship for people to look at. Mm. Uh, But then there's times that um, you just water it all. Well, you know. Well, it's not worth it. I'm not going to do that anymore. And that's not... That's not using the gift that God gave us. You're in violation of God's mercy. And that's a time when you need it badly. So, But when you look at, you know, where we've been uh, in this last year with Love Talk, uh, it is amazing to me as I look back to see the people that God brought into the scope to work with us, not for us to be, you know, somebody big or whatever. But if you want... If you want to learn how to speak to people 
you've got to humble yourself first. And so mm. through the years, uh, I always pray for pretty, nice, lovely ladies to, <laughs> <laughs> to come along beside you. Yeah, Miss Evelyn, you're right. We have to pray for those to come along beside us. And, you know, just like you said, Kathy, when we were talking about, um, you know, doubting ourselves, we want to surround us with people that will put us in check too, right? And we say, do. Hey, um, Carrie, Kathy, um, that that special talent is is from the Lord. You know, we might want to refocus that noggin, <laughs> right? And James again, James four six, but God gives us even more grace, as the Scripture said, God is against the proud, and He gives grace to the humble. Uh, just like you just said, Miss Evelyn, that we have to humble ourselves. Friends, when we return to Love Talk, I want to hear from Van. I want to hear from Mr. Davison and find out which category he falls into. Does he Has he ever doubted himself? Does he get puffed up when he achieves worldly <laughs> success? We'll find out uh, from Mr. Van Davison when we return to Love Talk right after this. And welcome back, friends, to Love Talk here on KTXW, The Bridge, Austin. We are building bridges of love and leadership today as we talk about success and recognizing that the enemy has plans for our success. (laughs) And, you know, we all experience different levels of success and success in different ways. And some of us, in the midst of success, we are just consumed by self-doubt. And we think we can't sustain this. We're not able. We don't have the talents or the skills like the person across the desk from us or, or the person that we walk by each day. So others of us might get kind of puffed up and think, oh, yeah, I've achieved all of this because I am so talented and I am such a hard worker and I am so good at what I do. Well, we've in our first couple of segments, Carrie, we've heard from you, and, and I love the story that you shared about Logan. And, and with Miss Evelyn, you and I have both shared about some of our experiences. Van, we have not heard from you. Now, we want to know, do you, do you when, when you have success, do you tend to be consumed by self-doubt, or do you get all puffed up? Well, you know, there was a time when I, uh, self-doubt uh, was rampant with me. Uh, Evelyn and I moved to Houston right out of college, and uh, I, I, well, I, went, I was first in the Navy four years during the Korean War, and then uh, went back, back to college, and when I got out of college, we moved to Houston, and I took a job in an accounting department for a large oil company, and uh, boy, that was, you talk about self-doubt, mm-hmm. somebody had to die for you to get promoted in that oh, outfit. Gosh. And uh, uh, I, I just about was to my wit's end when uh, one weekend I ran into a guy that I'd been to, through uh, most of my degree with and uh, I told him that I'd like to move out of Houston and move back to Lufkin, where we were from. And um, he said, well, let me think about that. And the first of the week he called me and he said, uh uh, would you be interested in interviewing uh, for a large highway construction company uh, in Lufkin? And I said, sure, I'd be glad to talk to him. So anyway, long story short, I did go to work for him, and it was a good deal, and it was a, a much better deal than sitting at a desk all the time because I not only did accounting, I did uh, all kind of liaison with the highway department, and we came to Austin and bid jobs, and uh, it was a learning experience, and it was a it was a fun job, and uh, out of that, I ended up working about four years and kind of learning that business, and was hired by the old Round Rock Lime Company, uh, and as a salesman, and I traveled out of Lufkin. And then later was was uh, made sales manager and moved to Austin, and uh, that was when Evelyn said she wasn't moving to Austin <laughs> because God didn't live in Austin. <laughs> and uh, but her daddy talked her into it, and so we ended up moving to Austin, and that's that's been uh, 
that was 1969. And now you experienced a lot of success in that role. Well, yeah, and uh, I, with the lime company, it was it was a uh, it, that was a fun job. I, I did a little bit of traveling, just enough to to be able to when Evelyn got too hard on me, I'd go out of town for a couple of days and <laughs> and uh, she meet me with loving arms when I came back, you uh-huh. know. So uh, no, it wasn't it wasn't that bad. But uh, anyway. Uh, the lime company had to close down because of um, um, pollution problems. Uh, the new people that were moving into Round Rock didn't like that white dust, and so mm-hmm. they got on to the uh, air control board, and the air control board got on us, and we ended up having to close. And they wanted me to transfer to another plant up at Blum near Cleburne, but I, we didn't like the idea of that and I told them I believe I'd just quit and I didn't know what I was going to do and so I deer hunted for a month uh, this was right at Christmas time and and didn't do anything and then I rebuilt the septic tank in our at our house and and then I decided I'd uh, start looking for a job and so I got into real estate business and uh, 42 years later, I <laughs> retired from that. But uh, it was good. Uh, I at one time drove a big Cadillac car and and uh, was salesman of the month almost every month through the company I was with. And it was hard not to get puffed up mm-hmm. over that. But uh, one of the things that happened mm-hmm. during that time was uh, I was uh, asked by Florence Littower to uh, begin to travel with her, and uh, I didn't want to do that, and then I talked about it, and uh, we uh, decided that um, uh, it was okay uh, to be away from home a couple of weeks. Well, as it turned out, uh, I was ill and went to the doctor and discovered that I had cancer in both breasts, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and if you don't think that was not a rock. uh, That was a big letdown. Mm. Well, you know, you had started to um, make your own, make a path there, and Mm -hmm. the Lord said, hold on, Miss Evelyn, I need you to slow down just a minute, right? (laughs) And that re-centered both of you guys. Well, it did because then, you know, we both couldn't travel uh, Mm -hmm. at the same time, and uh, we had, I had a conversation with one of the directors and said that um, I, you know, I was just what they were looking for. I, I had a strong background. In. And so when I looked at it uh, and I became ill uh, and then the cancer was there, Van told me he came in one day and he said, I want to tell you something. From now on, I'm going to support you. I will pay for anything that you want to do or can be done. Mm. And I said, well, we don't need to go there. And he said, well, that's what I want to tell you. Mm. And they, the corporation I was with had a big thing planned for Nacogdoches and, um, and another one for Redland out in California. And so I was trying to decide which one to, you know, go. I had to have some training. And Van, he told me, he said, you go anywhere they ask you to go. And mm. so, you know, it was like he reinforced what God had told us, but sometimes you need that third voice. Well, you know, and this is the one thing that is so encouraging and inspiring to me, Miss Evelyn and Van, about about the both of you is that you both have had illnesses. You both have had, I mean, a double mastectomy and, and you've, you've been, I mean, Miss Evelyn, I, I don't know how many times you've had surgeries and been in the hospital and where where the enemy would want to sidetrack you and get you focused on uh, an illness and have you let go of what God has called mm-hmm. you to, you refuse to uh, give in to the enemy's plans and you say, no, 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 mm-hmm. I'm sticking to God's plans. Mm-hmm. And if God wants me to go and talk, a speech impediment or even cancer in both breasts are not going to stop me. I am going to continue to do <laughs> what God wants me to do. And, you know, friends, I would just say, what does the enemy have to do to sidetrack you to get you to stop doing what God wants you to do? Is it um, an injury? Is it a, a speech impediment or, a, or a, a speech disability or a, a disability? 
uh, or is it so much success that you just completely get your eyes off of God and get puffed up and lose sight of him altogether? Because the enemy has a plan for our success. He wants us to get our Mm -hmm. eyes off of God. He wants us to be convinced that God's plans are not uh, the plans that matter, that our plans are the plans that matter. Um, And so what does he need to do? Because if there's something he can do to get our eyes off of God, he's going to do it. I'm shocked, Van, to hear that you had a point in your life where you were doubting. I'm just shocked by that. You're such a confident Man, and I know, you know, you were you were young, um, but I don't know. That gives me hope. That gives me hope. <laughs> um, you know, just uh, just to see you, just how, how much you love the Lord and um, that there was a time whenever you doubted. And then there was a time whenever you got a little puffed up. So, and there was a time he went to the door of, of death. and uh, Right. Uh, what, that yeah. 32 days in the hospital? 31. 30, 36 total. 36, 36 days. days. Uh, and a lot of that time I was flat on my back, and Evelyn wouldn't let them put a feeding tube down me. She said she was going home to get her Vitamix and, and uh, make <laughs> smoothies with uh, this strong powder in it. and. And she did, and put the glass down by, by my head, and I sucked it with a straw, and, and it kept me alive. And as a result, they changed a lot of their procedures there. That's so amazing. You guys are such an inspiration, and I really appreciate um, how you guys all bring everything back to the Lord, that all your goodness, all your kindness, all your faithfulness um, is from the Father, and listening friends, I would ask you the same question is what's going on? Just what Kathy asked you, you know, how does the enemy get you off track? When you achieve some kind of success, what happens? Do you take when you take your eyes off the savior? Does the enemy come in and just wreck you with doubt and discouragement? Or does he come in and wreck you? with haughty eyes and a puffed-up spirit. Because, friends, our Father gives us these good and perfect and wonderful gifts. And in return, He wants us to point people back to His face. He wants people to understand that those gifts are from Him. Everything we have in this world comes from the Father. And, you know, as we step into the challenges of life after this program finishes airing today the enemy is going to try to sprinkle these challenges all over our world friends and i just pray that you'll take them all to the father because he loves you and as miss evelyn so beautifully said earlier today you are a value to the father and he wants you to be a value to others Friends, we love you so much. For my beautiful colleagues, Miss Evelyn Davison and her lovely husband, Van, and Kathy Enderbrock, I am Coach Carrie Brinkader, and we will see you next time right here on